Welcome back, and a special welcome to our next guest. His name is Pete Hoekstra. He has a whole slew of distinctions and titles to his credit, among them as a member of Congress, chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, ambassador of the United States to the Netherlands, uh, and now as the chairman of the advisory board of our Center for Security Policy, which I'm very proud. He is um, an accomplished public servant, needless to say, and uh, one of the leading lights when it comes to understanding the sorts of challenges that we're facing in this country at the moment, and we're always delighted to catch up with him. Congressman, Mr. Ambassador, Your Grace, welcome back. Frank, it's always good to be with you. Thank you. Thank you. You've written a piece that I think uh, couldn't be more timely and uh, really more important uh, about the year 2022. It appeared on the pages of the Gatestone Institute, a superb online resource entitled Predicting 2022, China's Year of the Tiger. Tell us a little bit about what you mean by that and its implications. Well, you know, I'm, I'm looking at a lot of different things and trying to say, you know, you get to the year end of 2021 and people say, hey, Pete, what's going to be the big issue in 2022? And, you know, I really think this whole thing with the pandemic, but it's also trade, it's intellectual theft, it's genocide. Uh, this is an issue where the American people are actually leading. Uh, it's not our politicians. It's not our business leaders because, you know, they've all been, you know, in many ways compromised by China. But it's the American people who I think are going to lead, you know, they're, they're going to they're moving in a direction. Uh, and having spent some time in politics, I know that when the American people, the electorate starts moving in a direction, uh, the politicians all of a sudden, you know, they look behind them and there's nobody there. Uh, there's nobody there behind. There's nobody behind <coughs> our political leaders who have said we need to engage with China. You know, we uh, we can make this work. It's a huge market. They're going to be OK. Uh, the American people are recognizing that it's not going to happen. And I think in 2022, you're going to see finally, not because this is where they want to go, because like I said, I believe many of them are compromised. Uh, but uh, this is where they're going to have to go because the American people uh, are sick and tired of this. They they suspect that China has a much larger role. Uh, in this whole COVID pandemic uh, than what our political leaders are saying. They they recognize, because you know, this is not even debated at this point, that China hasn't been uh, you know, transparent with this. Uh, you know, they haven't participated in inter any international planning and organization. Uh, and then, you know, it was kind of interesting when we talk about supply chain uh, difficulties where, you know, uh, the media is focusing on these 100 and 110 massive cargo vessels that are, uh, you know, we're off Long Beach, we're off of the port of Los Angeles. And it brings to mind, it brings to the forefront of the American people that says, hey, look at all this stuff that we're getting in here from China. Why isn't this stuff being made? here why are we putting ourselves you know at you know at the feet of china uh and that they can screw up our supply chain and so uh and then like i said you get into the human rights violation the american people are sensing that there's something wrong with the chinese communist party there's something wrong with g uh and these are not people that we need to be playing nice with these are people that uh you know the american people are believing we need to 
be tough on China, or they are going to eat our lunch even more than what they've eaten our lunch in the last 20 years. Uh, what's since what's we left of our them. lunch? <laughs> what's, what's, yeah, they, what's, they're going to get dessert now. Yeah, and, you know, dinner and, and, too. And you and I, yeah, you and I both know this. It's it's not funny, but for 20 years, uh, you know, they have they've taken advantage and. I still remember. It's one of the best votes that I ever made in Congress. Uh, I voted against permanent normal trade relations for China, uh, you know, in 2000, 2001, because, you know, for I had something in, in my stomach that just said, Pete, you know, it ain't time. They're not ready. They're not going to become more like us. And by including them into you know international trade, we're going to see a, a blossoming of freedom and, you know, respect for human rights, respect for international law, for, you know, international property rights and all of those types of things. So I voted no. Uh, and what we found 20 years later that, uh, you know, China never improved. Uh, they've acted, you know, their ascension into the WTO, uh, access to the world market. The only people that have benefited from this Sure, American corporations who move thousands of jobs uh, and and that uh, into more. China. Same thing. I guess millions. Yeah, tons time. of yeah, millions of jobs into China, uh, and those they've sure corporate America's benefited, um, but uh, you know the average American person has not benefited. Uh, we've been taken advantage of. So. And Pete, you know, I think it's fair to say that even corporations that have benefited probably have not benefited in the way they intended. Uh, they thought that they'd be able to move into that huge market and they'd be able to, um, you know, essentially have uh, the opportunity to sell whatever a billion, four hundred million toothbrushes or whatever to the Chinese. And it generally hasn't worked out that way. They've oftentimes found that they've had their seed corn technology stolen or forcibly transferred from uh, them to the Chinese. And now they have competitors in China and it's the Chinese that are selling the toothbrushes, not American companies. But to your point, um, and I commend you for that, you know, quite prudent vote. You didn't have a lot of company, as I recall, on that because the Chinese had persuaded the government of the United States and many of your colleagues in Congress that, uh, no, 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 engagement's going to be really good and uh, we're going to make them more like us. It's now been observed, Pete, 20 years on, that we've become more like them in a lot of ways and and are becoming more so by the day. And, and back to your point in the Gatestone piece, of course, a big driver in public sentiment is the Chinese Communist Party virus and the fact that it's impacted virtually everybody in this country, either directly with, you know, deaths in the family or great sickness of some point or another and all of the costs associated with it or, you know, difficulties with their employers or, you know, their customers or, you know, their socializing with their families and others. I mean, everybody has felt the impact of this. And I think most of us are furious about it and would like to have some kind of punitive action taken against the Chinese for this reason alone. Yeah, and absolutely, because they're furious with the American government, our intelligence community, their response and analysis of this pandemic is, eh, we don't know where it came from. And this is, you know, this is not me making it up. This is you know, their report. 
the 90-day report that was requested by Biden. The Central Intelligence Agency. Yes, and they said, and it was supposed to be a whole-of-government effort, and they said, you know, we don't know where this came from. It might have come from a lab, or it might have developed naturally, but we kind of still think it developed naturally. And, um, you know, and then they go on and say, we don't think the Chinese had any foreknowledge. Uh, And then they go on to defend the Chinese and say, you know, the reason the Chinese haven't cooperated in any of these international efforts and why they haven't allowed people into China is because they don't know where an investigation is going to lead and the international community hasn't treated them very nicely. And it's like, excuse me, this is... This is what we spend $80 billion on. And then I think, you know, the the recent disclosures, uh, Project Veritas, uh, the documents that they've exposed, the the documents that came from the House, I think, Judiciary Committee or the uh, Oversight Oversight, Committee. Yeah, yeah, okay, released uh, by the Republicans, the minority in the last couple of days, saying further undercutting Dr. Fauci, okay? We talked about Uh, his. Lawrence Sellin about that earlier in the show, and it's uh, it's stunning now how clear his culpability is manufacturing this disease and and lying about it repeatedly. In particular, Pete, at a moment when, as Lawrence Sellin made clear, it could have made a very considerable difference in how we address the problem and Absolutely. the loss of life that flowed from not addressing it as well as we could have. And I would I would go on. Uh, and I'm working on uh, a project on this that says, you know, when they, uh, the, you know, Fauci, uh, the Lancet, Drasic, they not only, you know, didn't respond quickly enough to the pandemic, which you're absolutely right. In America, we've lost what almost slightly, we're over 800,000 lives now. Uh, if they'd responded quickly in terms of knowing that it was a pandemic, we could have saved hundreds of thousands of lives. Uh, the other thing that they did is they undercut the, uh, you know, the treatments that should have been the therapies that should have been given immediately when people started getting symptoms. They undercut those therapies. And I remember talking to my doctor. I, I was in the Netherlands at the time um, and saying, you know, my personal doctor and saying, hey, will you can you prescribe me some of these medications or have them sent to the Netherlands in case I get sick? Because here in the Netherlands, None of these things are available. Um, and he said, Pete, I can't. My governor, you know, the governor in Michigan has prohibited and, you know, the prescribing of these drugs for COVID. And if I prescribe them, I will lose my license. And it's kind of like, well, you know, what does Governor Whitmer know about uh, these things? And, you know, and I've, I've never heard of that ever happening. But, you know, it's because Fauci and others were spreading this. And, you know, again, a year later, two years later, we're finding out that this stuff really makes a difference and would have worked. Absolutely. And, you know, Pete, unfortunately, what's going on here, as I said to Lawrence, is that's still a problem. We're, we're watching people struggling with Omicron, struggling with Delta uh, variants of this uh, pandemic, and they're still not getting access to therapies, even at a moment when um, clearly the vaccines are not going to, you know, spare them uh, this disease or or the ravages of it. So, Pete, let me just turn to something else that um, you've pointed out in your piece, making clear that the American people have had enough of this and that it's now beginning to be impressed upon their elected representatives as well. And that is in connection with the genocide 
that the Chinese Communist Party has been perpetrating against uh, Uyghur Muslims and other ethnic minorities in Western China. Um, the House of Representatives, your old chamber, um, basically unanimously um, voted uh, to effect penalties for what was being done. And the Senate went along with it, I think specifically with respect to the slave labor that is associated with uh, this horrible repression of such folks. Um, to the extent as an old politician that uh, this is a an indicator of where even corrupt politicians may now be headed. What do you make of it? And what should be, you know, sort of the next step in this regard, as you see it? Yeah, well, what you'd like to do is you'd like to refer to those that represent us in Congress uh, as America's leader. In regards to China, that's not what they've been doing. Uh, I think they've understood the threats from China and the evil nature of this current regime for quite a time. And they haven't been open with the American people and they haven't been open in confronting China. The American people have finally, you know, turned the corner and they're saying this is a this is a terrible regime. We believe that genocide is going on. We believe that you know organ harvesting is going on. We've seen what they've done with the pandemic. It's time to hold the Chinese accountable. And finally, uh, our politicians are recognizing the American people are seeing what they've been seeing, what the politicians have been seeing for quite some time, but the politicians. Politicians have never asked any action. The American people now are demanding action. And that's why I'm saying 2022 is going to be the uh, the year of China, the year of the tiger, because I think the American people, the Congress heads into the midterm. What's happened, uh, and I think the next few months, things are not going to ever improve for China. I think their role in the pandemic is going to get uh, exposed even more. I think that uh, China, because of their perceived weakness of this Biden administration, they're going to make difficulty somewhere uh, in the world because they think they can get away with it, whether it is in Taiwan, whether it is in Pakistan, uh, whether it's with Iran, North Korea, they're going to make life difficult for President Biden and for the United States. And I think it, it's going to force our politicians as they move into this election season to uh, very, very much confront China. And I think China right now is emboldened. They think they can get away with things. It's going to be a rough year for China and for the U.S. No, I, Pete, that's the point on which I'm afraid we're going to probably have to wrap on this particular call, but it's one that I hope will be the starting point for our next visit, because I'm very concerned, as you know, that we're at the cusp of a conflict with China or with Russia or with Iran or with you know uh, North Korea, perhaps, or some combination of all of those bad actors, and that it's um, something that uh, may be upon us far faster than any of us can believe, because they seem now to be increasingly ready to go in one or the other of these uh, theaters in which they have territorial or political or other ambitions. And the perception that they can do so with impunity, given, well, the corruption of our politicians. And, and by the way, I did want to just put out a special plug for a new book by our friend Peter Schweitzer, uh, that is entitled Red Hand, How American Elites Get Rich Helping China Win. So this is the kind of environment in which people are likely to be, uh, perhaps mistakenly, but nonetheless calculating they can get away with murder. Uh, we must disabuse them of that. Pete, 
Hoekstra, you do a great job of that at the Gatestone Institute and the Center for Security Policy and elsewhere. We appreciate you so much and look forward to visiting with you often in this new year. Um, thank you for your time today, my friend. We'll talk with you very soon. We'll talk with the rest great. of you, I thank hope, you. again tomorrow. Same time, same station. Until then, this is Frank Afney. Thanks for listening.